Welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So here we are with Jim Marin. He's the guitar teacher at the University of Akron, and he's he's been there for for quite some time. A really really strong program here in in Ohio. So how you doing, Jim? I'm doing great, Carl. Great to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, man. So how <laughs> how are things going at U of A? What's what's the story there? Yeah, everything's going pretty good. I mean, it's it's a little crazy. With they've been having some administrative issues going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you been all, so, all teaching online all all year long? Is yeah, teaching yeah. online. And so, you know, at first I was terrified. I was completely yeah. terrified of the whole online thing. I'm not very technically savvy, you know. Right. Um, but uh, it kind of got fun. I, after a while, I, I got better at it, and it, it wasn't that hard. You know, it, to be honest, if it wasn't for my wife and my uh Steps done. I probably wouldn't have would have failed. But uh, did, did they help but, with the the tech side of things for you? Sure. Yeah, yeah. they set me up. Yeah. What's funny? My experience with it was was, I think, you know, I thought, oh, this is just going to be a temporary thing. So I didn't put much into it, and I didn't really, you know, right. I started just doing it on my phone, you know, like yeah, which was ridiculous. And then then I moved <laughs> moved to the iPad, um, and I didn't even have internet at home then I was you know oh my goodness yeah I did everything through my phone and I realized really quickly that that was going to have to change so <laughs> you know I finally like for the first time in probably a decade had home internet because of this you know oh. and and then several months went by and I, I was still thinking oh this is temporary you know and it finally yeah. it, it took took me a while to realize okay this is not temporary and to get yeah. my setup really tweaked and, and get everything I, I thought the, I thought the same thing same thing. Like I started, I did a couple of, like FaceTime on my yeah. phone. Oh, I know it's and, horrible. Uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> so so eventually I ended up using like Microsoft Teams. Yeah, and you know that there was one platform, and then Zoom, right. another platform. So eventually, I'm starting to see students on. You know, every student was a different platform. It seems like. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And did you uh, were all of the all of the university classes? Did everything go online and stay online, or have you been back in person at all? We eventually got back in person. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, good. Good. How many? How many students I do, do you teach, have in the program uh, I, right now? I have four students in the program okay. right now. I have. I just. Met a couple. I have a couple of new incoming freshmen. Two new freshmen coming in next fall. Um, oh, cool. So things are going pretty well, um, and we've been active in all different departments too. It's like uh, not only the classical, but playing also in the jazz guitar ensemble. Excellent. Like Very that. good. So it's been a lot of fun. Was that something you know when when you were at the at the, the start of your your career? How how long how long have you been teaching there? Well, you know, I came to Akron at in 1987. My goodness! Uh, as, I know. <laughs> wow. As a graduate student, as a, as a, a Steve Aaron. Okay. That's uh, right. Okay. Graduate teaching assistant. So right. I did that for two years, uh, 
And so, yeah, I graduated from Manhattan School of Music in 87. And then I okay. came here to Ohio. Who did you study with there? Uh, Nicholas Galusis. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's the, the yeah, pre Eastman days for him. My goodness. Uh, yes, yeah. exactly. There was no there was no Eastman program. That's exactly right. Back, Think back about it. The there wasn't a Juilliard program either. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, eighty-seven. That's when. That's that's when I started my undergrad. Right. And that's that's going going back. So, and that's at yeah, CIM. No, no internet. No, I, I did my undergraduate at uh, South Carolina with Christopher Berg, and I did, okay. did my graduate work at CIM with John. Um, yeah, I mean, that, it, it's it's funny because yeah, I mean, I'm not that old, but like, it just seems like <laughs> what a different world that was. <laughs> yeah. It really is. You remember when you had to like do mail order from guitar solo to get music? Yeah, you know, you, exactly. You, yeah, right. Catalog and everything. <laughs> yeah, we were to find sandpaper. You know, sandpaper for your nails. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> crazy. But yes, I came in '87, uh, and then. Uh, so, but it was really exciting. Like right in, the very next year, '88, uh, we hosted the GFA festival. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So it was that's huge. Right. And, and so right and away, Steve I mean, got oh, Julian Bream for that, didn't he? Julian Bream. Oh my uh, gosh. I mean, the list goes on and on. The, the, the amount of people. It was great to be right in the thick of it. Oh, you know, being yeah. Steve's right hand man there for the whole. Oh, fantastic. Event. So yeah, I awesome. have to ask. I mean, I, I've, I've got to, I've got to do the, the celebrity <laughs> fanboy thing. Did you get to hang out with Julian Bream? A, a little bit, not too yeah. much, you know. But um, I think I, he was I imagine, a little I surprised. He was like access to him was probably pretty tight, tightly controlled, or it was kind of tightly controlled. Yeah, but. but... Yeah, I, did, I didn't. Was, I didn't. I heard about. I heard. Heard. I knew people that went to that. Um, I, I did not. I did not attend. I was. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but I did see him. I saw him play in Cleveland. Um, oh, I don't know, 1990 maybe. The, the, yeah, you know, like <clears throat> Dick Laurie brought him in, and oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he brought in all the big ones. Yeah, so that was yeah. <laughs> got some got some barking going on. Is that your dog or my dog? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it's 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 a dog I'm watching. Hey, Sammy, come here, buddy. Come here, buddy. <laughs> I have two big dogs of my own. Excellent. Yeah. What kind of dogs? They're a mix of Akita. They're oh, excellent. Akita, Sharpay. Back, yeah. back when I was in, in college, I, I used to uh, I used to groom dogs at a, at a oh, like, really? local oh. local grooming salon, pet store type thing um, for my oh. summer jobs. And uh, there was a, that's the reason I, I mentioned that is because that's that's when I first learned about Akitas, and there was there were a couple couple of regular clients that that brought their kids yeah. in for me to bathe them and it was I, I oh. one of my favorite breeds actually I like like the oh really yeah, yeah yeah we love them uh, I remember the day they were born oh my gosh they, they're litter mates yeah wow very cool yeah yeah so so, so so you've been in Akron since 87 you did the GFA right. in 88 we met Julian yeah. Bream and the whole thing right that, yeah that, well, that's great. That is so cool. And, and and so you just just hung out and stayed there, right? Yeah, you know, I ended up getting a, a second master's in theory okay. composition. Oh, okay. Theory composition. Yeah, and uh, but it just took like one more year. Yeah. So you did that after you finished your guitar masters? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it just turned out I didn't plan on it, but uh, as it turned out that all my credits that I just you know was taking all these electives. Right, and it just so happened like I was just a thesis away from a second 
master's degree. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I thought, well, why not just write a, write a, write a thesis and get another degree, right? <laughs> right, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Steve called me like right after that and asked if I would teach guitar pedagogy. Okay. Uh, at the university, I said. So I, I taught guitar pedagogy and then started uh, t teaching applied guitar. Right. And uh, the rest is history. There you, you go. Know, so I was just oh part time, part time sure. for, for years, but really at the same time, I was doing all different kinds of projects. Right. I never really just relied on the. Uh, Sure. Just that part-time teaching. Sure. So back back to like my, my original original thinking, um, and you know, it's, it's it's something that you know I, I guess I think of it a lot because of the way that that, that, that things went for me. Um, you know, I had I had no. I mean, it's probably largely due to my own naivete and innocence and and, and ignorance and whatnot, but. Um, <laughs> You know, it's actually turned out to be pretty a pretty strong asset for me professionally to be able to teach other styles and and right yeah and, and deal deal with that. And I it's not something that as part of my training really came up very much. And I, I I you know I thought that was kind of interesting. It was something when I was teaching when I was teaching in university. I I thought you know I want to make sure my students kind of get that that information. You know, and I used to, the way I used right. to describe it was like. You know, you're a guitarist. You know, if somebody calls you and says, "Hey, I have a gig, and I want you to give money. I want to give you my money to play guitar," you probably want to be able to say yes to that, even if it's not, sure. you know, not your bag or not your strength or something. Like that. You should, you should at least have some confidence to the point where you, you don't have to turn down gigs because you can't. You know, I'm sorry, I don't play that style. You know, um, right? And I mean, they're I mean, not going to play a box and not a. Yeah. Right. You know, of course. For a, you know, you know, for a cocktail party, or right? Like, you, know. you know, and there's there's limits on all that stuff, but you know, that's that's kind of the way that I always approached that, and and you know, I had nothing like that as as part of my training. There was just, I mean, it was never talked about at all. You know, me either. Um, and it's kind of interesting, but I, I, I so are you are you are you actively doing any jazz guitar teaching at the university now? Is that something? That I, is... I, uh, you know, we have a jazz guitar teacher there. Okay. Uh, we have had them, and they've been there longer than I have. Okay. Uh, but actually, uh, they're, they've just retired this year. So. Oh wow. I don't know what uh, they may ask me to do. Teach some of jazz sure. guitar, which right, right. I would enjoy. I do teach also at the College of Worcester. Oh, okay. Yes, I teach How at College. How long have you been Worcester. teaching there? I've been there for about five years. Okay. All right. Mike Mike Curtis yeah. was there the last time I yes. heard about it. Um, right. But I don't know. That was that was probably a while ago. One of my, one of my undergraduates at, at uh, when I was teaching in Otterbein had taken lessons from him when he was in high school, and that was I mean that's probably going back a decade now. It was a while ago, yeah, yeah. So he called me when he was leaving, okay, and said that that position was opening. So if I was interested, so yeah, and so I've been there since he left. Okay, so. and you live in Akron, right? I live in Akron. What kind of commute is that to to Worcester for you? To Worcester, uh, one thing I only do it one day a week. Good. Yeah, one day a week. But it's, a, it's a forty minute drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of you know, you know driving out to Worcester is actually a beautiful drive. It's uh, out in the countryside. It's very nice. Whereas you know, I used to drive teach at CIN for years. I taught oh, right, yeah. Yeah, um, and there I think that's where I first met you actually. Uh, probably out on the lawn. Yeah, I can't year. remember. I mean, like, I, I, I remember, I remember when you were at Akron, 
Because I was I was in Cleveland from ninety about ninety one to ninety four thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a former student of mine, Amanda Gessman, was okay. going to see I, and I think you guys were outside talking or something, and I was saying hi to her, and you yeah. Were, I don't know. That, 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 the, the name's familiar, but like I, I can't, yeah. can't quite place it. But yeah, I mean, I just, it was one of those things that like you know, CIM and and and, and Steve's programs at, at Akron and Overland kind of always had this kind of like intermingling going on. And, and sure, a lot, it, it's it, it's interesting because we always wondered. It seemed like he had um, a line for teaching in the prep department at CIM. So so it was always his students teaching at the prep department. All the CIM people were like, how come how come all the the students yeah. teaching at the prep department are, are not CIM students. You know? I wondered that myself. I <laughs> it totally was really weird. It was, I, I, it was and totally I, think, weird. I think it was just a situation where maybe John just like he didn't want didn't want to hassle with that, and it was it was Steve's huh. purview, and he just kind of let him have it. I don't know. It was. Huh. It was I just assumed they didn't want to. Uh, they were too busy with other things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah. I, I was too busy, but it was it was like drinking beer. <laughs> wasn't doing anything productive. <laughs> but yeah, I, but, you know, so I used to go up there quite often, and but that commute yeah. was would oh. wear me down. You know, yeah, just driving into the city, and in uh, in general, you know, my dream is just to live minutes away from wherever I have to teach, right. which is what Akron U is. If I had yeah. to, I could walk there. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So, um, and I know that uh, part. Of, yeah, I know we have to talk about this because I, I just find it so fascinating. <laughs> I know that part of your past in, involves writing music and 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 playing and managing for a dance company. Sure. Yep. And I've I've seen pictures of you playing guitar with a dancer, like just. On top like of climbing you. all over you, like you know, standing <laughs> on your shoulders and on your head and right. all this kind of stuff, and like. <laughs> So, so you gotta you gotta tell us about that. Yeah, well, that uh, Marin Prater Dance and Music Company. Okay. Now, we started in uh, 1995. 95 is when we did our first. We first met, and then uh, every year we'd write I'd write a new piece uh, for us, and we, uh, I, you know, we did. It started with um, uh, just me writing complete pieces, you know, okay. and then my partner, Bethany Prater, would choreograph it, you know, so we'd write, you know, I'd sit, be sitting by the sideline playing guitar, and then the dancers would dance, you know. Okay. And then uh, then as we were collaborating, the more we collaborated, the more we'd, like, compose and choreograph at the same time. And so we got closer and closer until she's literally idea. on top oh of Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> like, what if, what if I do this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Well, that went through quite an experimentation. It started with me sitting on a piano bench uh, with her just sitting on my lap or something, you know? Yeah. And then uh, it evolved into me sitting on a high swivel stool so I could rotate. Oh, wow. So that, uh, oh, that piece gosh. actually rotates. Uh, <laughs> I rotate it with my feet while she... T- Climb oh, all of amazing. Now, did, yeah. did you have any background in dance yourself, or was this? I did not. I've okay. never taken a dance class in my life. You know, but I, I, I just pretty much I just dove head in. Yeah, right into the fire. Like, totally involved myself with it. We had a company of six dancers, oh, and we'd wow. have classes. And uh, I took Pilates. I took dance class with them. Oh my uh, gosh! I, I was very much involved uh, in in the. 
in the dance world in, throughout Cleveland. Oh, that's very cool. That's, yeah. that's really sick. And the, the pieces that you wrote, I mean, were these like full, like, did you write the entire show or was it just short pieces no. or like, how, how, how did that all work? Generally, they were short pieces. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they were like, um, sometimes, uh, anywhere from, I think the shortest piece, actually, it was, might have been like um, five minutes. Okay. Five minutes would be a short one. Sure. Um, but they got as long as um, like 15 minutes, 15, oh my gosh. Wow. 15 20 that's minutes. A, that's a tremendous piece. lot of work, you know? Oh, it's a lot of work. You know, it was pretty much my life. I lived right. with, with dance, I was, you know, I was involved. I also composed, uh, we did uh, commissions for other dance companies also. And sometimes I would write for uh, just solo guitar, just myself. Okay. That's the easiest, you know. But some pieces I wrote, uh, I have a couple of pieces for, uh, uh, that included flute and viola. Oh, okay. You know, so guitar, flute, and viola. And then uh, whatever I wrote had to be able to, uh, I had to get mileage out of it. So we'd have to right. perform at different times and travel. Sure. Uh, we've performed, you know, as far from Toronto to New York City to Colorado, North Carolina. And you were you were managing the company as well, right? Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that's, that's also a tremendous a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it was just, you know, it's my the choreographer and myself, and we were pretty much uh, we hung out all the time. Uh, people often thought we were married. You know, we have all this newspaper. We have awesome newspaper articles about us and stuff. And you know, it's very um. One thing about dance is people show up for concerts. Like sure, uh, we you know, you play a guitar concert. You play one evening in a city or something. Play one concert and that's it. You know, you know, I come up with my dance company and now we got you know Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday matinee. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, you know, and the the newspapers love the photographed and stuff right so we got that back when newspapers still existed you know right yeah what what, what is this newspaper of which you speak yeah <laughs> yeah well you know yeah. it's it's funny because that's that's another thing you know talking about about um just perceptions and and things that we learn as as we're being trained or as as we're, we're starting our careers um you know i, I think about the, the the, the gigs that I've played that, that, that have been, you know, the best, best, the most well attended and, and, and yeah, right. the most publicized and, and frankly, like access to some performing spaces that I would never have had access to otherwise as yes. a soloist. It's all from been, been collaborative things, whether exactly. it's chamber music or, you know, playing with dance companies or those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Always, always been those, those kinds of things. And it's, it's interesting. I know that, that Claire Callahan would, would often, you know, saw on this pretty hard at, at, at the workshops about, um, you know, how important it is to, to play in ensemble settings and, and that, yeah. you know, if you contrast guitarists to, to other instrumentalists, you know, by the time a, an average violinist has, has graduated high school, if, 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 you know, they're really focused and really serious, you know, they played a lot of major symphonic literature. They spent most of their time playing with other musicians. So those, those fundamental musical skills are super strong. You know, yeah. com compared to your average guitarist who probably has played in his bedroom, you know, forever. Exactly. And, you know, right. it, it, those 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 skills kind of kind of atrophy or not atrophy. They never had time to develop. You well, know? you know, I think it's a different skill, like you said. You know, ensemble playing, following the conductor. Right. I often play with um, the Cleveland Orchestra if they need yeah. a guitar 
guitarist for something. I've done that's gotta be fun. Oh my gosh! Oh, know, it's like, awesome. I mean, they're <laughs> playing with one of the most leading orchestras, <laughs> right? You know, and the, so uh, and sometimes I'll be often I'm uh, sitting right like in the first violin section. Oh or yeah. Sometimes they have me different places depending on what the piece is and stuff. Sure. But, um, but to be able to play in a beautiful hall like that. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna you know play a solo concert there, and but their ability how they play as one they really do and just to be with that it doesn't come naturally it's, yeah it's got to, yeah it's absolutely a skill that, that has to be developed so yeah that's that's tremendous so what, what conductors have you played under with, with cleveland um i played with uh, the um uh, the conductor of the new york philharmonic um the young man i forget his name but, uh, <laughs> uh you know usually i tell uh i don't always know all their names but um uh, I'm, um, uh, did did yeah, you ever really under uh, Doc, Doc, Doc No, I've never, no. never him or uh, the other. Um, Yakya Ling was was. Have, have, yeah, I haven't yeah. worked with any of them. These are guest conductors. All of these guest okay. conductors. Okay. Okay. Huh. Be for like Mahler's Seventh Symphony has the guitar oh, right. part. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The guitar part um and, and highly and, audible i'm sure <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah right it's a long symphony i sit i just sit there for 45 minutes first <laughs> it's like being a percussionist <laughs> yeah well it's like sometimes i've played with them at uh, say blossom music center oh and they'll, wow yeah and they'll do say like a whole um, movie yeah theme thing so i play all these westerns then mostly like i'll be strumming a guitar or sure. something like that oh that's very yeah. cool i saw so it's our perlman play there with with um oh, who was, was conducting he leonard slatkin um yeah. it, was, it was amazing it was amazing and the last concert that i went to at blossom was iron maiden so you played really? you played on the same stage as iron maiden <laughs> <laughs> awesome it was tremendous yeah. <laughs> i did a couple of knee slides just for the you know just to get the experience <laughs> rip the knees out of your tuxedo pants or... right yeah. no that's yeah those that's... are you know things like that are are great it's not what i really live for though you know right. like i sure. i love you know i fell in love with the classical guitars just because how intimate it was and how right. I could just be by myself and just right. uh, just explore. It's like reading a novel, you know. You, you know, you just like lose yourself in this whatever world you happen to be in at that moment, you know. Well, I, th I think there's something about that, you know, when 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 you talk to people about, you know, why why did you start playing classical guitar or why do you love classical guitar? You know, if it's somebody that doesn't play but you know is an aficionado and really listens, you know, I think I think at some point in time we've all had that experience where first of all we hear that magical sound and we go what is that there's nothing right. else like it right you know and and that's it you get you're right. you're hooked you're there and it's totally and hooked then, yeah. and then for those of us who play i mean the the the, the 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 description you just just had you know of of you know kind of sitting there and, and going in and, and and being with the sound i mean that i think that's that's something that's very familiar to me you know and, and i still I after, up, after all these yeah. years i'll play sometimes right. i go what what an amazing sound that's a thank yeah. you you know i mean it's just right it's, yeah it's great you know and and i think there's something to that and that uh that really introverted kind of super introspective 
thing and and you know you use the word the word intimate and i mean that's we do that better than anybody anybody right. i think yeah. i think the guitar just is the the perfect thing but you know how do you how do you how do you sell that right i mean like if, right. if if i if if the ideal situation for for my instrument is a small room you know that can maybe fit 10 people yes know, to make that viable i either have to play a concert every day or you know, yeah. I have to, you know, I have to charge an outrageous amount of, of money for the tickets on that, you know, and it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's, it's, it's there, it's present, it never goes away, you know. Well, I think you, you hit it uh, earlier when you were mentioning how you're doing all different things, you know, right. collaborating and different things. And so, you know, you can play some small intimate concerts here and there. In fact, I've... Um, I also I work with theater too sometimes okay. uh, theater companies yeah. and uh, still uh, I mean just last year I wrote the whole sound the score for a, a play wow. just last year uh, oh, a retelling cool. of the Don Quixote tale okay and uh, it was a small uh, theater right here in Akron and I performed it live uh, with with the theater as it went on and we did twenty shows. But there'd be like ten people in the audience. And it's, oh it's small, it's very intimate, but the the audience loved it. Uh, they're they're and, and again it shows. It's, I mean, if you know, yeah. that's that's two hundred people. If you only have ten people in the audience at each show, right? Yeah, two hundred people. <laughs> I, I, I'm that's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's something. Cool. So, did you did you was it incidental music like through the entirety of the the play? It was like basically a sound yeah, track? Yeah, the whole time. The whole wow. Play. Um, what, that's, a, again, wow. a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> there was a lot of work, yeah. Um, now, the, so I talked with, the director approached me, and um, there were some, a number of songs, like traditional Spanish songs, uh -huh. that like um, that he gave me recordings of it, of these songs. And there's no... They're not written down anywhere. Right. And but these just old recordings, these folk songs. They're like. Uh, oh my gosh. What the, uh, what do you call it? When, copyright, whatever. Uh, public domain. domain. Public domain. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so, uh, yeah, and so I just so I went off these recordings, which these are like folk musicians yeah. performing, you know. And so I just, at first I transcribed it transcribe the song and then I would um, arrange it for solo guitar and then these people were gonna the actors and actresses uh, one of the, each they each had like a certain song that they would sing okay you know? and so they and were so singing as well they were singing as well oh, fantastic so, and uh, so I really had to first I wrote like a cool guitar accompaniment and then it turned out that they needed me to actually play that melody with them of course full-blown solo guitar pieces but um and unamplified unamplified wow i'm literally right there on stage you can't not see me when during oh, the performance. Wow. were you in costume yeah. no i just wore black okay but i was almost like the greek uh chorus oh, sure, you know sure. like yeah. of yeah. course so if they weren't singing like i i played all like the prelude music when things begin and then and then there's yeah there's always music going on wow. so i had a whole score and the thing is yeah, to write it out. And, yeah, that's uh, yeah. 
keep it that's organized. A lot, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, that is it was very cool, cool though. I enjoyed is, it. Are, are, is there any chance that they're going to be doing that again at any point in time? Or I don't really know. The um, you know the um, the theater director was uh, also the theater uh, head of the chair of the theater department at the University of Akron. Okay. And uh, a number of people had lost their position just last year. Right. Yeah. So and he's one of them. So oh. uh, him and his partner are moving to Paris. Well, you know, hey, that <laughs> sounds like a silver lining of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> I lost um, my job, but I, I get to move to Paris. I, you know, right. it'd have to be a pretty darn good job to be sad about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this, you know, this local theater company was—they're still going to go on. They'll be doing things. Oh, that's fantastic! That's, that's I've great. done a, a few. That's just one of the things I've done with them before. I've done other okay. projects with in the past. Were you you written music for for productions? Uh, no, I for the last one. Let's see, I, I it was another arrangement of okay. something, and I would just perform live right. with them. That's great. That, that's really cool. Excellent. And, and so, with with the the dance company that you were working with, um, have, I mean that that's not that's not something you you're still doing, right? That's that was correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Our last performance was actually at GFA. In oh my gosh. 2000, 2005. 2005, 2005, GFA in 2005. I can't play this game. Where was that? <laughs> oh, that one was at Overland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's um, right. Steve did the he did he did that one too. Yeah. Well, workhorse that guy is right. He is a total. <laughs> he always had projects going on. Yeah. Yeah. Very very cool. And um, have you worked with any other dance companies in in Akron? Sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, not not here in Akron, so at Cleveland. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Groundworks Dance Theater. Oh, yeah. Well, they, yeah. They, are those I've the folks that, that do the wheelchair dancing? No, that I've worked with them too. That the Dancing Wheels. Yeah. Cleveland Ballet Dance Theater. Yeah. I've worked with them. Uh, I've worked with Groundworks Dance Theater. I've worked with um, uh, Cleveland Repertory Project. Oh my gosh. Um. Uh. Another, that, yeah, yeah, all the things. That is so. Yeah, cool. I, it is something. Um, the thing is, uh, you know, I always have my solo guitar. I can be working on and playing Great. and stuff. But when an opportunity comes along, I generally will take it. Sure. Uh, and then just have fun with it because before you know it, it's over. Right. Right. Of course. And, you just, yeah. and, then, and you've done it, and then just move on to another project. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love that. It's it's great, you know. And so, speaking I, of which, uh, I I think I was listening to your Baroque. Uh, yeah. Actually, I've I've been listening to your CD, but also I saw your live concert. Yes. Um, yeah, on Facebook there, and that's the same thing. Like you came across this about a Lodi, and uh, and you just did it. You know, it's just a project. You you come up with an idea, you do it, you write, you record it. The you know? story behind that is so like windy, you know. I had a friend that I was I was doing again a collaborative story. I mean, this is it's 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 right in line with what we've been, what we've been talking about. Um, a friend of mine was a well is he's he's a countertenor. He's currently on the vocal ped faculty at, at New England Conservatory, but he was actually a student at Capital University. Um, 
working on a percussion degree when I met him. And you know, I, st I started teaching there a when percussion I was 20. Degree. Right, so I was, I was 23 when I started teaching there. So that first group of students that I met, I mean, like, they were just a couple years younger than me. And I yeah. still socialize with a lot of those people. And I always forget that they were students, you know, like, and some yeah. of them were my students, but I always forget that. It's like, oh, they're my friends, you know, because they're at the same sure. age, you know. I have he's, friends. He's, and he's, he's one of those guys. And he went, I'm trying to think how the, with the sequence of events. So yeah, he finished his percussion degree. He was hanging around here. But while he was working on the percussion degree, he started, um, really developing his countertenor voice, you know, because he was a baritone yeah, and he started amazing. doing that like really high freaky, sure, freaky yeah, singing. It's a crazy thing. It's beautiful. Um, it's haunted in some ways. Yeah. And he got real into that. Yeah, yeah. And decided to audition for Chanticleer just on a whim. And he ended up getting getting a, getting a wow. position with Chanticleer. And and the it's it, it was funny because we had always talked about doing lute song. Um together and he had he had dropped by my house he was it was literally the day before he was to leave town to go to san francisco to, to work with chanticleer he dropped by my house to drop off some some stuff that i had given him and on his way out the door i mean he was walking towards my door i said you know we've talked about this forever you just have to come downstairs and sing one dowling song with me huh Oh wow! Yeah. Three hours later, he was still there, and we were going through wow. every bit of music that I could find that he could sing, having a blast. I mean, so that's awesome. That's that's how it got started. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness, it's... Sammy, come here, buddy. Come here, Sammy. I'm gonna be it's funny because I, I, I keep expecting I keep expecting my dog to bark, but nothing's <laughs> happening. Um, um, so that's it's how funny. it started, and he later had—I mean, he had, he had a tremendous career, including going to Yale and and, and studying with 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 uh, oh, what's the guy's name? The guy who started the the sacred vocal music thing there. Anyway, uh, but he started a, a Baroque orchestra. Oh wow! Yeah. To you know, with to feature you know himself and accompanied by the yeah. Baroque orchestra, and was really going gangbusters. I mean, he was he was he was doing really well. And and I just on a whim one time in conversation said, hey, you know, if I had a Baroque guitar, would you hire me to play continuo with your Baroque orchestra? And he said, do you have a Baroque guitar? And I said, no, but I'll get one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, you know, I never played Baroque guitar before, you know, like, so, but I mean. So when was this around? When did you get oh, your first this, Baroque guitar? It was like 2010. It was that's when the instrument was was completed but it was funny because be, between the time that that conversation happened and the time that the instrument was completed his baroque orchestra had exploded there like there was just all sorts of administrative and pers personality problems yeah and okay. so by the time the guitar i was like i got my guitar he said well that's too bad <laughs> you know <laughs> so and to seize the moment right so yeah. then that's that's kind of how that happened and it was you know kind of thing I had started learning some music before the, the instrument was finished so that like yeah. when I could hopefully maybe play it a little bit when it arrived oh and um, it's so different it's it so is different. it's very different I remember the first time I tried to play bro guitar I, I just was like I, what 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 is this thing this is no guitar yeah and yeah. so that's that's how that got started and I just yeah, I, yeah. I, when I started practicing on it I kind of fell in love with it and like four 
it was interesting because I hadn't I hadn't had this experience for a long time where I mean I played baroque guitar like every day probably for probably a year and a half like I just mm. I had to do it I was just so yeah. driven and like and yeah. uh, and actually the the whole Bartolotti thing got started because I was talking to Stan you know and he did he did his dissertation on Santiago de Murcia so he's he's got a you know a lot oh, yeah. of a lot of information yeah. in his his head about the 17th century That's guitar and and I was just picking his brain one day and he said you know Bartolotti is almost untouched. You got, you should you should get into that, and that's that's how that. So happened. he came. So he came across it. Then. Yeah, he he suggested it to me, and and you know, and I had I I had I knew the name, you know, but I but I what I didn't know was about the twenty four Pasakayas, which is just a tremendous thing. Yeah, at it's in sixteen forty to have have that and you know it's sure. guitar music my goodness come on you know yeah. and, so about, I, and that's I, when the guitar I, really became its own unique oh, instrument yeah well i think, you know, I think it's it's you know, not copying the first the right you're right exactly yeah. i and I, I say it's like the first golden age of the instrument you know i think i think we've had three right. he had his own voice yeah and one of the things that i always always point out to people is you know the 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 construction of the instrument um remained pretty much unchanged for about 150 years and that's hard to even say about the, the instrument that we play now you right know, the, the, so it was, you know there was a that, to me that says there's a, so much stability you know and so much like there's something really heavy duty must have been going on for the instrument to to not be evolving during that long period of time right you know um and certainly i mean there were there were tuning tuning differences and some 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 scale length differences and everything but but in general those those guitars are remarkably consistent across the entire continent you know depending on where you are um and then the the idea of how much music was published for that instrument you know there right. there are t over 250 sources of of printed like this is not manuscript this is actually published printed music yeah. in italy during the 17th century alone you That's know there's amazing. nothing it's tremendous. It's a mountain. It really of music, is. A, yeah, right. You know, and and I, you know, it's 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 kind of like it's my big big axe to grind. I always I'm always telling people it's like you know, on one hand, guitarists are always talking about you know how we're 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 not part of the the larger classical music world or you know people yeah. don't take us seriously. And I've I've heard the term <laughs> guitar ghetto used, and, and <laughs> you know I. I think well, you know that that might be true, and I, I think I've I've bristled against that at at times myself. But I look at this issue, you know, just awareness of the repertoire, and I say if if we if we don't pay it attention, if we don't take take up that mantle, sure, if, you know, we can't expect other people to, to do it for right. us and to sure. respect you know what we do if we know if we're not really even aware of that. So. Um, and it's yeah, so it's it and it's it's the heritage of our, of our instrument, you know. And I think uh -huh. I think there's so much repertoire from the 17th and 18th century. The, the, the 18th century repertoire is probably even more neglected than the 17th century, mm -hmm. you know. In that whole transitional period, when they were going from five courses to five single strings, six courses right. to single string, you know, there's a whole ton of music that that is yeah. just completely untouched there. And then you know you have the the quote golden age of, of the guitar in the early 19th century you know which i would i would venture to say is the second golden age i think the 17th century right. was 
right. the first one. I totally I agree. Think, I think we're living through one now too. I think you know the, yeah. the interesting well, guitar. You think that, like notation systems at the same right. time though. The, the Baroque notation system is so unique. Yeah. I mean, with, you know, the alphabeto system. Uh, you know, combination tablature. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. I'm gonna get this dog. Hold on a second. Okay. I think there's gonna be some editing to do on this. That's fine. Hey, Sammy. Sammy, come here, buddy. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm gonna be the smart one here. He's a good boy. Yeah. No, it's it's funny. I've got another dog downstairs, and he's uh, he's not yeah. as social as, as Sammy. He's a little older and and little little crotchety, little curmudgeonly, and he like he likes to hide. So when other dogs bother him, he just hides. You know. Yeah. He's not aggressive or mean or anything. And I think, I think Sammy Sammy just wants to play. So. But anyway. Um. But yeah. You know. So that's 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 an interesting point that you bring up about the notation. You know, like. A unique and really highly developed system. Yeah. You know, which actually I think works really well. I know that from time to time I'll I'll, I'll pull stuff out and and try to convince my students that they should they should approach this stuff, and they just look <laughs> at it and they glaze over. They're like, no, I'm not doing that. You know. And, yeah. But you know, it's it's funny. I spent I think I spent about two weeks when I first got the the broke guitar. Um, you know, with with some of the Italian books, and you know, that's that's about all it took was just a little, a little bit of time yeah. every day for a couple of weeks. You know, whenever you it yeah. falls in, you know, it make because it makes sense. It's logical. It's a different system, and you certainly have to to learn it. But um, it's it's completely logical, and it, and it and it makes it makes a lot of sense. So. And, and after a while, you start seeing recurring devices all the time. I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's a there's a language like like anything else. I mean, like any any other other style that we approach. You know, there's there's certainly some syntax and, and a language, and there. I I don't know that I would. Yeah, I guess cliche is probably the proper word to use. You know, but sure. It's, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Formulas, I guess. There's formulas. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Too, so. um, but, you know, you guess. At the same time, you know, it is a totally unique instrument. The tuning is so different, you know. Right. Da 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 da. Right. right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, so, and one of the one of the challenges too is trying to decide which tuning you're going to use. You know, are you going to use low strings? Are you going to use one low string or two? Or are you not going to use low strings right. at all? And the sources, I mean, some sources are pretty clear about which tuning they were using. But I think uh, you, if you start digging into it, you also discover that that there's a lot of ambiguity, you know, and and people sure. people who assert that that unless it's directly like we know, for example, Devise, we know what tuning right. he used. He was very explicit exactly. about it. But that's rare. There's there, you know, most of the sources are really vague about it. Or sure, they, it's very confusing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I I think in one and I, I wonder. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not a musicologist. I don't. I'm. I'm not. I wouldn't even really say that I'm. I'm much of a scholar. You know, I. I. I I'm. I, I'm. I'm a working guitarist, and and. <laughs> but I. I think. I would speculate that musicians in the 17th century and guitarists especially, you yeah. know, are pretty much like we are today. I mean. Yeah. I'm not going to... They just use their ears and decide. Right. You know, like if they're going through. Oh, you know, this should sound better. You know, or. If, you know, you think about all the, the campanella sound you're getting, right. and, you know, um, so 
that you need the the higher octave. Right. And, but even you know, if you if you if you string with the the lower strings, you still have that higher octave there. Uh-huh. And it's so it's it's really right. kind of fascinating. There there are examples. You know, I know I know the Bartolotti really really well because I've I've spent so much time with it. There are places where you look at it and you say, well, obviously he fingered something this way, or um, the texture is like this because there's no low A string. And other plate times you say, well, one would this would lead one to believe that there is a low A string, you know? Yeah. Or, right. And it's just it you, it. It's really, it's not clear. I think, I think it's, 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 it's you not You find that when you play those uh, lower strings that sometimes you can bring out the higher or the Absolutely. lower? Absolutely, okay. yeah. There, and, and really what it has to do with is whether, mostly whether I use the thumb or whether I use, use an right. eye finger or an M finger. Right. Um, because, and I, I think on lute, it's, it's the opposite. The lute usually puts the high string towards the ceiling. Towards the ceiling. Yeah, I and, don't really know. With the with the with the guitar, the high string goes towards the floor. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how I know this. <laughs> I, I think it's largely just a matter of convention. But well, um, I mean, that's just one of the so conventions. If if you use the eye finger, you know you're gonna get you're yeah. gonna get more emphasis sure. on the on the higher note. If you use the thumb, you're gonna get more emphasis on the on the lower note. And there there are places in the in the source material where the right hand fingering is indicated on those strings so you you know my assumption really? is that he's telling you he wants to hear more of the high note there but your ear also does this thing where if it hears both notes both octaves yeah sure it places the one in context According to right yeah it's like you think about like how organ music is is scored with, with organ stops and whatnot and, and there's octave doublings all over that kind of thing mm-hmm you know, and your ear does it. It 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 picks up and it, it fills in the. If there's data missing, it fills in the, the data and, and gives you context. It's really it's right. kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah, it's been a lot of fun getting in, into that stuff. And and the other thing that that uh, is remarkable to me about it is, and I and I don't, you know, I I've read about it and I've looked into it and and I know that the the, the information is out there, but strumming like there's so much strumming in that music and it's yeah. almost like it just disappeared from the repertoire like somebody just decided in the middle of the 18th century okay we're not doing that anymore there's no yeah. more, there's no more crazy strumming you know um well what yeah. showed up at the alberti bass yeah i yeah sure i mean i think that, that, that it's a perfect perfect uh conjunction of these stylistic changes that were happening in music in general you know, right. so construction yeah. instrument, clear bass line. Right. Yeah. So it's, but it's really, it's, it's really interesting. And, and you know, that's one of the things that I, I've played a lot of that music on the modern instrument too. And I, I don't think the strumming translates the same way. It, right. It, yeah. And I, it's, I, I know that it's a much heavier sound with the, with the modern instrument. And then, and then you have that whole thing too, where, it's something that I find immensely fascinating is if if you look at um, you know South American folk music, and mm-hmm. and I would even argue flamenco, um, you know I think right. the, the approach to strumming in those musics comes right out of what was going on with the guitar in the in the seventeenth century. You know? Sure. And and it just yeah. kind of got carried through those those styles. And, and you look at instruments like the charango, 
um, which is basically a you know a baroque guitar that the people in in South America right, just said, I want I want to make a guitar that but I've got an armadillo so here we go right. you know? <laughs> right. but it, you know it's, it's 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 really interesting how that how that that all took place you know and, so you feel you find that uh, the playing the baroque guitar it's a nice balance to your other you know, I, I, I don't know. I like. Um, I think I'm. I think I like. I'm easily bored, and uh, I tend to. And, and at the same time, I also have this 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 personality trait where when I get into something, I go like really deep. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Immediately, right? You know. So I, I think that's that's kind of that's kind of what happened is when I when I got into right. that, I took a deep dive into it, and that's that's what I was into for a while, and and. Uh, uh, well, things yeah, like so, that to me make it life interesting. And that's what makes right, the life of, of an artist. You know, of like just you find something interesting, you go with it, right. and then you know, right. carry on. And then you find something else to do. <laughs> find something else to do. You know, so um, where where are you from originally, Jim? I'm uh, near Rochester, New York. Okay, just All right. north north. Uh, west of rochester right on lake ontario a small town okay. called hilton new york okay excellent yeah. it's a beautiful uh idyllic country great place to grow up uh i'm the seventh of eight children oh my gosh and, yes and we uh a bunch of guitar players and so Fantastic. i grew up playing folk you know folk guitar and then okay. when i was a teenager i got my first electric guitar okay and um so, yeah. What so that's your, how, what was your introduction to the classical guitar? My uh, that was when my I went with my uh, older brother to a uh, um, some big sale out. Uh, I don't know if they have these giant store sales and stuff. And uh, all those people there, and he walked, and he and I lost him for a second. Then he comes out, and then he walked up with a classical guitar, and he goes, "Look what I got," you know. And I thought it was a toy. I thought okay. it was a toy. It's got the like plastic smaller, strings yeah. plastic strings and <laughs> ginormous neck on it. And I thought, what is that? And um, turns out a friend of his was taking uh, classical guitar lessons. Okay. And so, so he just kind of learned, and he taught himself. I remember him teaching himself barrios. Oh and my gosh! Like that. I was just like, wow! I just from ear, or was he working from scores? From the score, and okay. even that, he taught himself how to read it and stuff. Amazing. Um, so uh, I fell in love with it immediately. Same thing, yeah. like we were saying earlier. That's sure. just like, oh, yeah, the sound is like, oh my gosh, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, since I was a kid, I always I played in rock bands, right. things like that, and it's a lot of fun. But sometimes it's a pain to you know dealing with all that, and you just want to play music. So uh, when I discovered that, I'm going, that is something I want to get into. So I started taking lessons actually at Hochstein School of Music. Okay. Uh, School of Music and Dance um, in sure. Rochester with okay. John Wiesenthal. Okay. And he was my mentor for years. Okay. How, how yeah. old were you when you started studying with him? Uh, 14. Okay. Wow. 14 That's great. Years old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, you know, gave me direction and uh, some. And that's, I other... mean, I, I, I don't know if that's, if, if you can say that it's, it's like that nowadays, but, uh, but back then, that was that was considered an early start for a classical guitarist. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I started I started when I was ten, and it was a complete accident, you know. And I, I remember 
when I was an undergraduate, I was one, the entire four years that I was there, and this is including the graduate students at a fairly large program, I was one of like just a small handful of people that had played classical guitar at all, like before sure. they came to college. You know, a typical situation yeah. was, you know, somebody would get interested in it, they'd take like six months of, of lessons to get to the point where they could pass an audition, and yeah. that was it. And and my teacher used to say, you know, it's pretty easy to get in, but right. to get exactly. out is the, the challenge, you know? Exactly. And, and that's the case with my uh, students at Aquinu, usually. Right. I mean, they come in, uh, they're passionate, uh, right. they have great ears, you know, they can, they've played with, uh, in rock bands and things like that. Um, but they have no experience on the classical guitar. Right. Um, so, you know, we just pretty much whip them in shape. Yeah. And before long, they're playing box sonatas and yeah. uh, whatever. That's great. That's very, yeah. very cool. And so, so you started, started taking lessons when you were 14. Yeah. And... Like, at what point in time did you have the realization of, I think I'm going to go go to college and be a music major and yeah. study classical guitar? Well, How did that all work for you? Actually, you know what happened? Uh, my John Wiesenthal, who was my teacher, um, called my parents and said, Jim should wow. go to school. Jim should go to college. Wow. Oh yes, isn't that something? Yeah. That is something. Yeah, and uh, I had no intention of going to college. So, like, I didn't really, like high school like I not that I didn't like it but like I'm not a scholar you know I'm not you know whatever and never and no one really went to college in my family we didn't have no one had four-year degrees and things like that but so, so I thought well I'll try so I went to a small community college nearby and just studied music and I really liked the music classes I loved wow. theory and the, no was that after high school or were you still in high school after high school okay yeah, so this is like when I was a senior in high school. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, John Wiesenthal was, um, you know, I'm sure he was asking me, so what are you going to do after high school? And I'm like, you know, become a rock star. You know? <laughs> 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 That's great, so, uh, you know? Oh, my gosh. You know, those those little things like that, you know, like those little accidental things that you can't plan for, right? I mean, there was no way that... Yeah. that that you could have ever foreseen that that was going to happen, but Not at all. you know, just a little nudge, and suddenly your life has a new tra trajectory, right? Yeah, it's like me, like with the dance company. Yeah, I did that for ten years. I would never have imagined, right, ever do that. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes it makes me not want to plan anything because you know, because I, right. I I do the same thing. I look back at the past. And I'm like, I could, I, I didn't plan on that. That was great. Thank you very much. That was awesome. Yeah. There's no way I could have, you know, seen that that was going to happen. So what? Why do I bother planning at all? Because it always goes in a different direction anyway, and it's just great and it's fine. But, you know, it's, but it's well, it's like any, any kind of creative project. I think it's, it is important to have you, all the, you know, elaborate plans you may make with something. Uh, it probably won't end up that way. Right. But at least you've done something, and other things come along. The right. Way. You, you put yourself in motion, I guess, and then uh, yeah, know, put yourself in motion. Whatever you bounce off of is. <laughs> Kind of right. goes, yeah. yeah. But that's tremendous, though. I mean, like, and you think, I mean, what, what, what a sense of gratitude you must have right. for that, uh, for that him to nudge. take that that action, you know? And sure. And, you know, he he didn't have to do that. He he saw right. something in you, and I mean, I think about it now. I would, if I was teaching a kid, it would take me an awful lot of gumption to, <laughs> right. you know, pick up the phone sure. and call sure. call the parents and say, hey, you know, this, you know, that that's. 
that's really amazing, you know. That is that's great. Yeah. I did. I, I dedicated a, a composition to him. My winter scenes, probably one okay. of my more popular uh, pieces. It's in Stanley's book. Um, oh, it's oh, contemporary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's very cool. So you so you did so you were at community college for a couple of years. Uh, just one that. year. Just one year. Okay. Uh, yeah, just one year, and then, uh, in fact, uh, and then John was going to uh, uh, audition at Manhattan School of Music for the doctoral program. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so I tagged along and auditioned oh, for the under, undergraduate program. Huh. Yeah, they're the first time I've ever been in an airplane. Oh, wow. Yeah, huh. uh, took my very first airplane ride. Yeah. And, and then, uh, so went there and, um, to New York, yeah. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Right. You, 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 sure. you did it all at once. <laughs> all at once. Yeah. Um, so that was great. Yeah. I, we both auditioned. Uh, unfortunately he didn't make it, but I did, you know, again, it's, it's either, you know, an undergraduate, it's not so right. hard to right. get it. Um, Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. and so so you see, one one year at the community college, and that was just kind of like I mean, you're just kind of checking it out. Just yeah. checking out, like. And were you, were you, you know, studying with him at the time? Was he? Yes, I was. He yeah, was. Okay. yeah, yeah. In fact, he wasn't a teacher at the college, but he was um, my teacher, and then they sure. accepted his lessons. Oh, for, okay. Oh, cool. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so then you you went to Manhattan, and who who did you yeah. study with there? Yeah. So uh, Nicholas Galusis. Oh, that's right. You told me my, that. He was my main teacher. <laughs> but I also studied, like, so get this, at Manhattan School of Music, uh, there's Nicholas Manuel Barueco. Oh, he was, right. That's right. Sharon Isbin. All right. Oh, uh, my gosh. Ben Verdery. Oh, Ben was there, um, too. Man. Ben, ben was my ensemble coach. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had classes, uh, master classes with Manuel and Sharon. Oh, and so fantastic. everything, it was a hard place to be. I, guess I love so. Manhattan School of Music. Yeah. I lived and breathed music school there. Like yeah. I, I lived just two blocks away, uh -huh. uh, right, right behind the Cotton Club in New York. And, oh, man. And then uh, I gave five undergraduate recitals. Wow. Was, yeah. Now, was that, was that typical of that department? Or no, was that not, at all. You just not like, at all. Most people just gave this. their one senior recital. Right. Yeah. Wow. But I was just on, you know, just... All I wanted to do was just play guitar, and I played in uh, uh, everything. Like I was in some. At one point, I remember I was in six different ensembles. That's fantastic. Um, so, I worked with uh, you know composers. You know, I worked with uh, George Crumb on the performance of his songs, Drones and Refrains wow. of Death. Wow! Um, met Leonard Bernstein, Andre Segovia. Oh my um, gosh. Just well, you know, I have to, I, you know, I have to ask about Segovia. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, uh, Segovia uh, was uh, given an honorary doctor's degree at Manhattan okay. School. Okay. So uh, they commissioned a work uh, for this event. And I'm trying to remember all uh, Schwartz. Har uh, Harvey Schwartz, I believe, okay. composed, wrote a work, a quartet. For, uh, actually, yeah, music for four parts, and originally there were like uh, like twelve guitar players playing this piece. Okay. We working on it together, he's conducting, but as rehearsals went on, it got smaller and smaller. So it just became like me, 
uh, Mark Del Piora. Oh, wow. Um, uh, oh, well, I can't remember some of the other names. But so was Mark a student Florida. there at the time? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was a student there. Yeah, Mark and I remember each other. Know each other. Wow. From school, Manhattan School Music. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and like, so I'm playing, and like Segovia's standing right next to me. Oh, while man. I'm playing this piece. Oh, it was wild. Gosh. You know, TV cameras were there. and uh, Tremendous. Oh, my God. And this I, is not a Segovia I, piece. Right. This is right. like very avant garde. Well, well, first of all, not, it's, it's multiple guitars, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, oh, so, yeah. So Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Now, did, did you did you did you talk to Segovia? Did you meet him at all? Not really. Yeah. You know, he just like thanked us, and I mean, that was about it. Did you get a picture of yourself with with your arm around? There was Segovia? a picture of me like with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, awesome. I don't know. It seemed like uh, we all had cigars. No, I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I just I just remember it seemed like towards the end of Segovia's life because what he died in 1986 or 87 somewhere about. It was eighty-seven, uh, near the end of eighty-seven. It just—it just seemed like there were so many pictures of people standing with, you know, their arms around Segovia, the big smile on their face, like yeah. you, know, you see them in all the guitar magazines and stuff. And, and I just thought, well, this is this is just weird, you know. And, and I've seen yeah, I know, so many yeah. of them, you know. <laughs> like, right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's kind of a a trophy in a way. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, tremendous um, yeah wow that's that's cool so you played for segovia that's exciting yeah that's that's wild what a great story <laughs> so getting back to like so this idea that you did five undergraduate recitals and you're doing all this collaborative work and playing in all these ensembles and everything i mean was there something that came along to like suggest to you that that's what you should be doing or was it just you you were following your interests. You were fired up and, and going where the passion was. Yeah, it was mostly that going where my yeah. passion was, and also. Um, and obviously, I nobody had, was talking. I had nothing else to do. Like right. I was penniless. I'm living in New York. And, uh, I knew the city, Manhattan, it's, uh, really well. I've like walked all over the city. I've been all. I, I also worked summer jobs at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Oh, cool. Where um, else? And I also worked at the Juan Orozco. Uh, guitar shop in Soho. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So, uh, Very cool. you know, I wasn't, I wasn't making any money. I, uh, other than that, I had those jobs just to, enough to pay bills and things. Right. But I figured, like, I just have to do as much as I can. That's what right. I felt like, you know. Again, if something came up, I took it. And right. for some reason, I was the one to call. If there was a new music concert, I always played the guitar part. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Very, very cool. And how many students were in the program then? I mean, that's, that, what a, what a uh, tremendous faculty, you know. I want to guess around like 17, maybe at okay. the time. Yeah, yeah that, it, that, it wasn't like that's humongous. Size, but That's sizable for a guitar department, yeah. it is, you know. Right. Wow. Amazing. So, and in, in when you graduated with your undergraduate, did you then immediately go to, to Akron? Akron, yeah. You know, I talked to Nicholas and... I loved what I was doing at New York, in New York. Right. Um, but I also knew that I had no money, and uh, I, I wanted to continue, but I, I kind of had, felt like after four years, I've done everything. Right. You know, and I wanted to continue. You know, I wanted to go on with a master's, 
but I just felt like I just, I just wanted to go on somewhere different, you know? Sure. So, uh, and he was uh, good friends with Steve Aaron. Right. Uh, Nicholas, and uh, they were, they went to the same, they went to school together. They were roommates, I believe, at one point. Oh, my gosh. And um, so uh, he had heard that Steve might have an assistantship available. Okay. Uh, and his program, which would be free tuition and everything. Right. I thought, wow, that's awesome. You know? So, yeah, so he just called him right up on the phone. You know, called him on the phone and handed phone over and uh, talked to Steve. And I, I still remember the phone call because it's not, he's, his voice uh, sounded just like Ben Birdway. And I swear, like I'm talking to Ben on the phone. And <laughs> I didn't realize that much later that they, Steve and Ben grew up around the same area. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, sure, sure. They do I sound a lot alike. It's yeah, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, flew out to Akron and uh, you know played for Steve. We talked, and uh, so I decided to come to Akron. Wow. Yeah. And dude, like, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a native Ohio, and you know, I, I I grew up outside of D.C. You know, but like, I and I I don't mean to speak speak ill. Of, of the Midwest or Akron or anything, but I would just think moving from Manhattan to Akron is kind of it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit different environment, you know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the same time, uh, I mentioned like where I grew up. It's very rural. You know, the nearest stoplight is four miles from my house. Wow. Okay. So you yeah. you were out there, yeah. Very rural. I grew up working on farms. Wow. So that must have been quite a shock to move to Manhattan then. Yeah, yeah, and I, I moved in Harlem. I was 125th Street in Broadway, right, uh, by the Apollo oh Theater. Uh, yeah. And you were like, what, 18, 19 years old, maybe? 18 years old, yeah. My goodness. Uh, yeah, pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. And there are no dormitories at right. Manhattan. There are now, apparently, but uh, at the time, there wasn't. So I just found an apartment. I just rented a room in an apartment. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Did you, and it was, was, you know, I think about the things that I did at that age, and I, you know, I think I wasn't afraid because I didn't know. You know, I was just, right. I, I was exactly. you know, just, yeah. But I, you know, I, I also wasn't dropped in the middle of of, of Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, like um, I once, um, I didn't take unnecessary risks. You know, I wasn't out late at night uh, doing crazy things really right. you know i'm still not a, i've never been a night person i'm i'm a morning person i get up like yeah. this morning i was up at 5 30. Oh <laughs> i'm a morning person i'm just used to that and so that helps i think right. in that kind of scenario and uh you know so preoccupied with school if i wasn't pre preparing a concert um i was going to a concert sure sure you know i went to recitals all the time often because they had well not only i love the music but there's also food sometimes after recitals and <laughs> reception food i was living yes. out inside cheese and crackers yes, you know. yes. This, maybe this i'd is, get a glass this of wine. Is familiar territory for me <laughs> when, when i was in graduate school one of our friends his work study job was like to set up the tables and you know plates of food and, and drink and everything for whatever receptions they would they would have um and you know invariably not everything would get eaten so yeah. you know they they would, they oh, would 
you know, take it home and we'd get calls. Hey, you know, we got these little you know, ham and cheese really... sandwiches and <laughs> yeah, yeah. a couple of bottles of wine. Come on over. We can eat this week. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, as much as, you know, I, I loved the food and stuff, but I really did enjoy the camaraderie yeah. and the people come and it was an event and that's something we don't really, I don't see that much anymore yeah. these days. So much, uh, you know, like it's, there's so many things to do. You know, I, I think I, for, for me, when, when I was, when I was younger in school and everything, I mean, part of it was just looking for something to do, you know, yeah. having no money and really, and I lived, when I was at CIM, I lived like a block away. So every night there was, there were concerts going on that I sure. didn't have to pay for and like exactly. really great musicians, you know, oh, yeah. walk, walk a block and go hear some great music. And I think, you know, I was, when I think about my education, I think that was, that was as important as anything else. You it's know? exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. And I, I, I even think it like, I remember sitting in the audience and just watching, you know, the person walked, you know, the door opens and they walk out and you think also my heart starts pumping. Right. You know, like, oh, so like what does that yeah. work be? Or something, yeah, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But I, th I think, I think, you know, again, like, like, part of the reason why, why I was doing that was, I, I don't want to say it was just sheer boredom, but it was, it was, it was looking for something to do, you know. And now, right. I mean, I've, it's been a long time since I've, I've talked about being bored. Um, yeah. or, you know, and, and I don't, you don't, you don't hear people use that kind of, oh, there's nothing to do. Are you kidding me? Like, I think I, with with just our phones, we can pick up our phones and yes. the, the access and it, we have to information. It's you know it's great, but I think I think that's part of it. You know. Yeah. And and now you know for the past year, and I wonder about this too, coming out of the pandemic and whatnot. You know, now that people are not in the habit of going out and doing these things, right. you know, are they hungry to do them again, or they have they become habituated to just not? You know. Right. Um, and so it's it's an interesting interesting thing, and I think I think the implications for those of us who, you know, rely on having audiences from time to time to do what we do, <laughs> you know. Well, my hope my hope is there's going to be a a real hunger for yeah. live music, and hopefully not so much just the big, you know, rock concerts, whatever and stuff, right. but even like more smaller performances, like I like. Uh, I love like the theater things or like, yeah. even just my own solo concerts in the area. Sure. Now, um, have you been have you been doing any playing during the pandemic? Have... Well, you know, when the pandemic first hit, uh, I think well in October, I did a a live a concert downtown Akron. It was outside. Okay. And oh, the high was, of the I... day was yeah. The high of the day was fifty five degrees. Oh, good lord! And so it was colder than that most of the time especially with the wind chill oh my god um, but they had these wonderful cameras set up these camera angle they had four cameras on me like moving and stuff and there was a oh, giant mural cool. behind me would be painted so was that through the city was, did, did the city do that the city did that yeah, yeah. they asked me to play a concert just an hour-long concert fantastic yeah. so I, I put it up on my YouTube channel. I do have a YouTube channel. You can check that out anytime. James Marin, whatever. I don't know how they do that. But, um, Google it. You'll find it. Yeah. But I saw opportunity there. So, so luckily, I was pretty much prepared. And so I'm just me sitting outside, and there's with a, one microphone in front of right. me. And there's an audience. Uh, but you don't really see the audience in the video so much. Sure. But 
uh, but it's fantastic video images, uh, you know, and like, so I just, I just did the best I could under the right. cold. Sure. Oh my gosh. I played a bunch of my own music, uh, as well as, uh, um, uh, pieces composed for me. I don't, uh, right. I premiered a good number of pieces over the years, but, um, Oh yeah, so that's what I. Uh, that was something yeah. I did uh, right off the bat, uh, and it, it's nice that I ended up with like 13 videos for my YouTube channel. Sure. Yeah. Like live videos with beautiful video. Right. Uh, and that uh, wouldn't have happened otherwise, otherwise. you know. So yeah. Another thing I I did uh, for the the public school system, I made a 30 minute video with a flute player. Okay. And so we uh, we uh, I. Uh, we talk about our instruments right. and we played all these uh, uh, du duets from different parts of the world. And, yeah. um, uh, and then, so this video was uh, performed at all these different public schools throughout the city. Very so, cool. And the, so the whole project, we, the flute player and I never met. Uh, we all did it virtually. And like, I would uh, use GarageBand and make this awesome video. I mean, you know, play my guitar part. And then she would uh, record her wow. flute part. We put it together. Wow, uh, that's, that's hard to it. do. That was hard to do. Yeah. So what I, for the most part, I pretty much just uh, did. I yeah, GarageBand. I'd make the recording first, and if I needed to do edit editing, I did. Right. You know, then I made a video of me finger syncing. Oh, you were pantomiming. Yes. To the audio, Mike. No one would be, no, you couldn't tell. Wow. Just yeah. a single camera? Yeah, my, my iPhone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. My iPhone. Oh, how cool. <laughs> and then, and so then she and did then the she same would... thing. All together. And then we, then we do things like we cut away, and then I'll do uh, uh, sometimes just a video. I'll make a, one video of me going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just waving, you know, <laughs> or else, uh, and then I make a separate, so I had probably at least 10 videos. Uh, sometimes they were live, sometimes I'm talking, and then it was all just one shot, you know, no pre-recording. Yeah. But, and I'll talk about like when I got my first guitar or things like that. Something right. oh, kids wow. asked, you know. That is, that's really cool. That's a, and that's, that's a lot of work, you know. It was a lot of work, to do the video and the tracking and all that stuff. I, we were the, the Irish duo that I play with, um, you know, everything got shut down mm -hmm. around St. Patrick's day, which, you know, if you play right. Irish music, March is the one time a year that, that you actually like make money playing Irish music. Sure. And so it was, you know, it was a big catastrophe and, and, and we just, we did, we did our first online thing, it was like a three-hour-long marathon. It was basically a drunk fest. I have to say, it was it was cool. Us <laughs> drowning our sorrows about yeah, you know, right. the pandemic. Um, but it was all live on online. You know, it was yeah. crazy. And so you did it when you were at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was just like yeah. somebody's phone on a mic stand, and we uh, from that idea we started doing these every Friday Friday happy hour performances online, and oh, when we did them cool. at first. We, you know, we weren't in the same, everybody was quarantined, everybody was locked down in their houses. And I would do a similar thing to what you were talking about. I would like, he, he actually, he would create, he would, he would play his parts because he sings most of the lead stuff. He would play and sing his parts, send me a video of him doing that. I would accompany, video record that, 
put that up on YouTube, and then yeah. for the live happy hour, he would have his iPad playing the YouTube video of me that he oh, would play oh, on wow. YouTube. Oh, that's funny, yeah. So it what was, does he play? What's his He's a fiddle and mandolin, fiddle. and he sings. Fiddle and mandolin, okay. But it was so much work. It was, so, uh, like, I was up until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning every Thursday night trying to get this stuff recorded, you know, <laughs> so he could do the, the Friday shows and everything. And, oh, and, like, working with iMovie, and I had never, I had yes. never done that before. Yes, I have and, mastered the iMovies. Oh. I don't like it. I, I you know, I, oh, I, 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 think, like, I don't enjoy that work at all. <laughs> but, you know, think about it, like one thing I've did during this pandemic is, uh, you know, I have a rock band. Um, right. It's, uh, it's called Layer Cake, and I write all the music for it. And, oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so during this pandemic, so I, met, uh, uh, I recorded an EP uh, last year or something like that. And so I have all this music, you know, good quality recording. So, just for fun, I made videos uh, to go along with this, uh, with the music. So during okay. the pandemic, I was using uh, iMovies, and I just take my phone and I'd go out to the park, or I just, you know, I'm always like videotaping cool things, you know. Right. Uh, and then uh, so I'm I put them together, organized it in using iMovies. So okay. that's been a little project of mine. I I feel like about five or six videos of uh, my, you know, rock uh, music. Very cool. They're never, like, literary. They're literary. They're not literal. They're just, like, right. images to go sure. along with music. But, yeah, I mean, and what a world. I mean, like, that you can you can walk around with a phone and, and get high-quality footage and, and do this, right. you know, on your home computer and, you know, whatnot. I always think about that with, you know, with the, with the recording thing and... and uh, you know, I, I built a recording studio in my basement because I was able to, basically. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I got into recording because I wanted to record myself. You know, sure. like I, I wanted to have it on hand so that, like, hey, you know, if I feel like making a recording, I can just go downstairs and do that, and I don't have to pay anybody. And, and Right. You know, and I just think about it. It's, it's amazing. Like, you, you think about how it used to be that, you know, somebody had to have a whole lot of money and a big budget and, you know, backing yeah. and all this, you know, and now people are like making recordings on little tiny devices and sure. they sound, they sound great, you know, they and sound it's, great. it's, 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 it's really, what a world we live in that, 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 that is possible. And the idea of YouTube, I mean, what, what is, what is that? Yes. You know, <laughs> that's crazy. I do like, I really enjoy like doing, you know, putting together a YouTube channel. You know, that's something, it's almost like the modern uh, business card. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, then I, and then I finally discovered playlists where you can uh, create different, because I had so many, like, different things. I mean, right. sometimes I, uh, like, I have solo, classical guitar, like Spanish music, you know, standard stuff, or my own original solo music, which is only avant-garde, so, you know, so I can, and then... I have my rock band, which is Layer Cake, which is totally different. Um, then I have um, uh, like gig music, like uh, uh -huh. for you know, for, uh, just for dinner parties and stuff like that. So, so if I get contacted for hey for a cocktail hour thing, you can just send a uh, link there. It you is. sound like there you go. Just check it out there. You know, uh, probably my biggest hit on the uh, YouTube is um, years ago I was commissioned 
uh, by the city of Akron to uh, compose a score, uh, a setting of a children's book. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's written by John Lithgow. It's called wow. The Remarkable Farco McBride. It's a, a young boy. It's a great book. It's uh, uh, Farco McBride is a three-year-old uh, musical prodigy. You know, at three years age, he he matches the violin, and within no time, he's bored with it. He's so good. You know, then then he plays the flute, and he matches that, and he just throws it away. Then he plays the trombone. You know, then the percussion. Uh, so it's a whole story. You know. And then uh, ultimately, uh, he, he always get bored with things. Uh, but then one day, the, the conductor of the school orchestra catches a cold, and they need someone to conduct. So they have so Farkel, they ask Farkel to come up, and he conducts. And finally, he's happy. Uh-huh. You know, he's so I composed this whole setting. I created the whole thing. I wrote it for uh, violin, flute, trombone, and percussionist plays a uh, xylophone snare drum and a cymbal that's it um and then i play the conductor and then there's a narrator who's actually narrating the story so we did a number of performances downtown and all these children would show up with the book in their hands oh and they'd gosh. follow the score and uh, so i have like thousands of views of that on my that's youtube amazing. channel that is yeah, so, so cool i'm conducting you know and, we're, and it's written just for those instruments and you follow along at one point, I sneeze, <laughs> and I hand, and I hand the baton over to the narrator, and he kind of conducts. And stuff. Uh, wow, so. that's that's great. That's really really cool. So I mean, one of the things that I'm hearing you say is that the city of Akron has really stretched to enrich the cultural lives of its citizens. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And you really have to. You know, I'm out there. I'm in the middle of things too. I mean, yeah. I, I put myself in there. In fact, I'm. Uh, we're planning now. I volunteer. My wife and I um, volunteer in helping uh, produce a music festival every summer. Right. That the, the porch rocker. Porch rocker. Yeah. Yeah. So that's did something. You, did you start that, or was was that in place yeah. before? It, 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 no, no, we started that. In fact, that's that was originally. Yeah. Uh, we used to do another thing called Art in the Square. Okay. Um, and then, so, Porch Rocker was developed uh, as a fundraiser for Art in the Square, but soon eclipsed. Okay. Um, so now Porch Rocker is huge. I mean, 15,000 people show up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, for Porch Rocker. So I have, uh, I spent a lot of time in this, uh, right. I listen to every entry, like 375 bands will apply to perform. Wow, okay. So... Uh, kind of go through all that, and we've, the whole planning happened right here in my dining room. Huh. And and the performances are like ac- actually on people's porches, right? Or on people's porches, yeah. That is be so like, cool. Yeah, there'll be like forty different porches. Wow. Uh, and so they're not all on. Do you have to approve the porches too? Do, do you have oh, to yeah, apply sure. for that? Yeah. Yeah, they have to apply for that too, and we'll do. Um, it's so we're already in gear for planning that i mean did we, you do it last year during the pandemic no we did not we did a virtual yeah. one a virtual okay one. so but, people basically people submitting videos and having them no, online we, it was last year was totally different we really just picked a few bands and we okay. did a really nice video and good okay. holly quality recording um and that, that's how we did it and to right. cut away with talking to people here or there right but 
we're hoping this year to be back on track again. And, yeah, um, that's it's such a such a cool idea. I love it, and, it, and it's citywide, right? I mean, it's not just in it, in one neighborhood, right? Well, it is in one neighborhood. Oh, it is it's, okay. It's one neighborhood that we've divided into four quadrants. Okay. Okay, and every year we move to a different quadrant of that neighborhood. Oh, so it'll be like a right. ten block area, like a ten okay. block area, so people can walk. It's from... very walkable. Yeah, right. And in how, how many performances do you do? There, uh, we average around one hundred and thirty bands will wow. play in one day. It's one, one day? day. One day. They start. Usually, I kick the whole festival off with a guitar orchestra. I'll have about okay. twenty five guitar players and I would arrange something cool for oh all this God. like it might could be Prince sure. or David Bowie or whatever, you know. Uh, Usually if someone dies I'll do something with them. We kick it off with that and then you know the mayor says something or something and then uh and then right at noon or or eleven o'clock, eleven o'clock bands start every other porch starts playing then. And then okay. the nearby, they play for an hour. Then the nearby porch starts at um, even hours. Wow. And so that's how, so we don't get any bleeds through. Right, so. right. Are, 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 are the bands all playing acoustically or are people using PA? Oh, no. No, yeah. these are like rock bands. I mean, oh it could gosh. be a punk band. You know, it could oh, be a Celtic fantastic. band. When, when could, is this? Why I need to know when this is because I'm coming up for uh, it. This year it is August 20th. Let me double check uh, um, Guys, uh, that sounds like so much fun. That just sounds like the coolest thing ever. It's August twenty first. It's okay. Saturday. Okay, August twenty first. It's and, generally the, the third Saturday in August. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. that is that, it's such a. I, I just love that idea. You know. It, like, yeah, I mean the rock musicians around here would call it, uh, you know, Christmas. It's rock, <laughs> rock Christmas. You know, like you can go see anything and you plan your day out uh, my wife does all the design work for it like this is one of her t-shirts okay she all the t-shirts and and the t-shirts on the back you have all the band names right oh how cool. on it That's, and how, how many how many years have you been doing this uh this is the nine years yeah oh my gosh nine, yeah so we're playing for like the 10th year will be a big celebration sure and and the, the you said it was originally a, a, a fundraising event for another event. Did that event go away? Yeah, that event yeah. went away actually. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Again, another unintended. Like, who could have yeah. seen this happen? It's one of those things. You yeah. Know? Wow, yeah. that is so cool. And the, and so the people who are donating their porches um, for that are they just you know residents, homeowners in the area who have, sure. happen to have a nice porch and they say, yeah, they have come a nice rock porch. out on my porch. Donate. And usually we ask them. It's like, okay. oh, you have a great porch here. This would be nice. To, what do you think about? Uh, <laughs> and we walk the neighborhood. By this time, like, so we've been doing these quadrants yeah. a few times. So right. by now we've passed through a few times. So some people, they, uh, a lot of people around here, they are looking forward to it. They, you know, they hope they get their porch on or something. Oh, that's so cool. And it's quite a team of uh, organization, like between. Yeah. Uh, you know the people who work with um, the site committee, who call it. You know, right. I'm, you know, there's the performers committee, the site committee, the, the vendors committee. Because there's all the different artists yeah. too. Uh, right. With vendors have all kinds of things. Um, and so is that we, on people's porches too, or are they on like the sidewalks and the streets in the, and stuff? In the, in the yards, usually okay. in the yards. 
on oh, sidewalks and so all amazing. over the place. So it's a yeah. just a big walking festival. That's that's yeah. so cool. That is so yeah. cool. Yeah. And and I'm assuming you have like a, a nonprofit set up for that. And, yeah. And board of it's directors the, and the whole schmear and. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's put on through the Highland Square Neighborhood Association. Okay. Okay. Yeah, HSNA. Most people don't know that. They just think it's Porch Rocker, but it really is. It's the it's a neighborhood association. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and, and did you have a hand in setting up all of the the five hundred one three C and all of that and getting the board not together personal. and everything? No, okay. I, I didn't set that up. But I'm a, I'm an eager volunteer, you know. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but you know, it's it's amazing people doing this thing. That um, yeah. they're dear friends of mine, and they have um, skills. With, right. uh, like the people on this committee, you know, we have architects, we have city designers, we have people who do all different things. We, and they all, every year, like my neighbors always uh, laugh because they know when porch rockers coming because all these people descend upon my house. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so it's, and these are like, uh, they're just wonderful people. They're yeah. dear friends and we have come from different backgrounds. Right. What a what a what a great community thing! It's a, you know? I mean, it's a wonderful fantastic. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud to be just a part of it. You know, I help yeah. how I can. You know? yeah. Great, yeah. So, do you have anything anything new and exciting on on the horizon coming up? I mean, it's it's during the pandemic. It's kind of hard to talk about, you know, planning for the future. But uh, right. you know, people are doing stuff, and I'm just wondering, like, yeah. you know. If you if you have any uh, any uh, the only, fun the projects only thing in is, mind, well, the only thing is, uh, I think a couple of things. Um, this Port Rocker Festival has just sure. like it just started up again. We just had our second meeting, and okay. so uh, in another week we'll actually walk the perimeter, walk the neighborhood, and evaluate porches and all that stuff, and talk to the neighbors and prepare them for the onslaught. <laughs> So that's a, a major thing, but you know, during the pandemic, um, you know, I just sat down and I just, I just read a lot of music. I just played through. I told a book like um, I wouldn't before the pandemic. I was playing a lot of gigs, you know, background right. music for such and such. So I need repertoire, you know. Right. So I played like Latin stuff. I totally fell in with a bunch of uh, the Brazilian guitar music. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, a light jazz standards, things like that. Uh, so that that was a real project, and I learned uh, like twelve new pieces for my stuff. Because so hopefully that kind of thing will start up again. Yeah, and you'll and you'll you'll be prepared too. I'll be ready to go. You, you've got all the stuff ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I actually I I I'm playing for a wedding in June. Um, and I can't, I can't even tell you, I can't remember the last time I did like a solo guitar background music or not that this is background music, but like similar kind of thing, like a gig, you know, I can't remember the last time yeah. that I, that I did that, you know, and, and I'm, but, I'm a little, I'm a little apprehensive about it. So I'm, I'm going to have to practice. <laughs> yeah. And there's something like that. I really make that part of my, uh, uh, pedagogical approach yeah. is, to the gig book. Creating you the have, gig book, yeah, absolutely. You know, and just one book, volume of stuff that you can just read through and play well. It doesn't have to be the most amazing piece, right. you know. And you may not even like it, but uh, in your audience, it's about your audience, right? You know, absolutely. So, 
That's something I really drill into my students. How, how do we be a professional musician? Yeah, be prepared. But so, other than that, I don't really have any. Hopefully, something will pop up. You know, but uh, <laughs> well, it's, that uh, that seems to happen to you. So I'm sure it will. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I'm gardening. This is uh, my wife and I ordered ten yards of gardening soil, and oh which is gosh. a lot of soil. That yeah. is a lot of soil. No, yeah. this is is I actually I heard on the radio this morning um, that uh, and it makes sense and I, I hadn't thought of it till till I heard about this this morning on the radio, but I guess you know apparently with everybody being home, gardening is is a hot new hobby. Um, hot new, is yeah. is this something that, that that you've been doing for years or is this something that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've been doing it for years. We, we love. We have a, I have a large property. You know, uh, I, I live right in the city, but actually, I have three city lots. That's oh, my wow. yard. All fenced in. The uh, dogs run around and fantastic. So I have woods. I have tall trees and stuff. And it's an um, urban oasis. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, exactly. So, uh, we. I've always done a good bit of gardening, but this year we're really getting into it. Excellent. I've been watching the, that British TV show, uh, Gardener's World. Okay. Apparently, it's been a big hit. You know, <laughs> so we're all inspired. That's that's that, that's fun. That's that's very cool. I I I had ambitions many years ago. I thought, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow all my own vegetables. I'm gonna be like the urban farmer. And let me tell you, if if I if I had to have relied upon what I grew to yeah. to eat right. i would have starved that year i would yes. it would have been a horrible situation i i, I had i think i had a carrot that was like you know, <laughs> about four inches long and i had some right. small potatoes um and I, I had an onion that didn't grow which i think is really strange because it, it's yeah an they're onion. pretty wild they grow right? in my fridge you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know we tried a vegetable but these dogs of ours eat them all <laughs> they eat them all, especially tomatoes. They love tomatoes. I had a dog that ate a lot of tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, eat them right off the vine, you know. <laughs> so uh, we, so we're just growing, uh, you know, flowers and oh stuff. Oh my like gosh! That. There yeah, you flowers, go. Yeah, flowers, perennials, hostas, things like that. You know? Fantastic. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be outside. It's good to, to have the hands in the dirt. I, yeah. I I think personally, and you know, this is this is something that uh, I didn't understand as a younger person. Um, and you know, maybe things change. I don't know, but uh, I I think it's also important to have life activities that are not musical or guitar related. You know, I, I think right. I think it's, yeah. it's really important for me to to step outside of that that room from time to time and 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 do right. other things. You know, um, and, and as you a young man, I don't. What's that? I'm sorry. Yeah, you you have your motorcycles and yeah. Stuff like that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. actually so that's that's kind have of a that's. Hobby. that's that's my big, big thing right now. Yeah. And it, and it, you know, it was, it was kayaking a while ago and it was fishing a while ago. And I, I, I love biking. really into golf for a while, you know? Oh, wow. I've never played yeah. golf. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm terrible at it, <laughs> but I don't care. I don't have to be good yeah. at it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful park. You're like basically walking through a park. Right. You know, and it, but it, you know, as a younger man, I was, I was all music, all guitar all the time, you know, and almost with kind of this like, I mean, there was a there was a real real single minded intensity about it, but there was also this kind of like weird sick pride about it. It's like, oh, I don't do other things. This is all I do, you know. Yeah. Like somehow yeah, right. sacrificing myself on the altar of the gods of music, you know. And and oh, I think there is something yeah. to it. It's just, it's a difficult time, you know. I remember I was talking to a years ago, um, and uh, 
quite a while ago because I was uh, 29. I was going to turn 30 soon. And I was, but I was talking to a, a much older uh, artist. He's a sculptor, epic Don Drum. He's pretty well known around here. We were at a party, and uh, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to be turn 30. You know, thinking he's going to go, oh yeah, 30. You know, right. he goes, oh my God, 30. They're awful. It's awful. <laughs> you know, you're the 30s. You know, you're, you're not you're this young, inspired young artist. Yeah. You know, anymore. So, but you're you're trying to make a living. But you're also you're not uh, established <laughs> or anything. You know, it's a terrible time. I'm going. Oh my God. Then mm. it was kind of right. You know, yeah. throughout your 30s, you're struggling. You're you're trying to find out who you are and trying to. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not a student. Uh, you're you're a professional, but I don't know, you're just trying, you're juggling all these different things. I remember I was teaching at Baldwin Wallace, CIM, Akron U, you know, all these different, <laughs> teaching all these multiple places, trying to, you know, make something. And uh, so it is something that and as time goes on, you stick with perseverance and things work out. Right. You know. I, mean, yeah, I, think, I think part of that too is you, you start to... I, I, I was, I was I was talking to Candace Mowbray about this um, last week at, at some length, and and you start to do things on your own terms, you know. I think mm -hmm. I think you get to, I don't I don't know whether it's you get fed up. I, it's some weird combination of you build some wisdom, you get a little sick of dealing with stuff, you get yeah. tired because you're older, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. And and you come to a point where you just you start doing things on your own terms a little bit more, which usually in, entails saying no to stuff, you know. And I I, I found exactly. for me, early early part of of my career, like I almost thought like I was somehow disrespecting the career or the field if I said no to stuff. Like somehow I'm Ooh. so lucky to be able to do this for a living that if I say no, that's that's taking it for granted or that's that's being disrespectful of it, you know? Right, yeah. Um, and like you, you know, ending up in a situation where you're teaching at a half dozen universities and you're eating in your car every day and, you know, right, yeah. spending, you know, the only time you're at home is when you, you, you come in to drop your guitar off and sleep, right. you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I think those are, you know, I think those, I, I don't, I don't want to say typical, but I... I I've heard stories, you know, people do this, you know, it's it, yeah, it, it, commonly and, and, yeah. you know, and, and again, it's one of those things that it, as a young man and, and as a student, um, you know, I'm not sure my awareness of that was, was fully developed and, and, and you get out of school and you, you start teaching and you just, at first you feel lucky to have a job, right? You right. Know, it's like, oh yeah, my gosh, yeah. this is great. Look at me. I'm a college professor. This is fantastic. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and it's just, it's, it's really interesting how that, that goes. And, but, you know, and I, and I think it, it also ties into this idea of, um, you know, having, having other interests and, and having time away and, and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the importance of, I, I always used to find it really interesting, like I would like take a vacation, and it was usually a family thing, it was usually, you know, the only time I'm taking off is to go visit family, exactly. you know, and I wouldn't take a guitar, and then I'd come back, and I'd be so refreshed, and I sounded great, 
you know, and I thought, this is weird. I practice every day. I take two weeks off and I come back and I sound better than, you know, like, right. what is this, you know? But it's, there's yeah. a lesson in that as well. But, it, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's interesting. But like, you know, you, like you had said earlier, it's you just, you just keep doing stuff, you know, stuff comes along you say, oh, I'll do this, I'll do that. But I think, yeah. I think as we, maybe as we, we get older, we, we, you, we start to be more discerning about that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, yeah. You start cutting down because I'm not. I have no intention of teaching multiple places. And yeah. I say no to things all the time now. Right. You know, um, whereas I was, you know, I think it's important to that we keep ourselves occupied with what we want to do, what we right. really want to do. Otherwise, we end up doing what we have to do. Right. You know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody. There was. I went to a. Um, an artist development workshop although I was still in South Carolina and I didn't even know these things existed then, you know, it was like, what, what, what is this? I, I, yeah. you know, I thought just people magically had careers or something. I'm not sure what yeah. I thought, but uh, yeah. one of the, one of the, the, the people that spoke, you know, said almost exactly what you just said. She said, you know, you have to, you have to know what you want and you have to be able to say no because otherwise you'll end up just doing whatever, you know, and yeah, and that takes your time and that's you know once yeah. the time is gone you, you can't get it back and do what you wanted to do with it later you know and it's, it's, exactly. it's an interesting thing it's a, sometimes um, you know i've had the occasional student saying well you know that's not my thing you know i'll, I'll assign a certain repertoire or something right. you know? <laughs> and i'm like well what is your thing you know and if, and if you can't if you can't present that to me uh, right. i win you know, right. so you do what I tell you. <laughs> it's not my thing. Uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Very yeah. Cool. So, uh, do, so you do you do you have a graduate program at U of A as yes. well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a grad. In fact, uh, I'm a graduate student giving a recital this Sunday at oh, three o'clock. It'll be live like a, stream. A live in-person recital or. Uh, no, I'll be, okay. I'll be the only one in attendance actually, but you can see it'll be live streamed. It'll okay. be yeah. at the, the University of Akron School of Music website. Excellent. Or Fantastic. Facebook page, I guess. Right. You know, okay. So, yeah. He's playing Diabelli, uh, Bach, of course, uh, Smith Brundle. Oh, cool. Uh, so all kinds of stuff. Is he doing El Polyfemo de Oro? No, uh, no, he's playing a sonata. He's playing one of the okay. sonatas. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 I do like that El Paulo Famo duo. Yeah, whenever people talk about Smith Brindle, I always think that's that's you know that that seems to be the greatest hit, right? <laughs> well, you know, when I was an undergrad, I played this really cool piece by him, a five, a, a sketches, five sketches, I think it's called, for violin and guitar. I played those. They're very cool. Oh, really? Yeah, they're oh, really, really yeah. cool. Yeah, they were cool. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, yeah. Um, yeah. So I have a graduate. Uh, uh, student uh you know, und you know undergrad uh, freshmen south they're all over the place right Good. You know? yeah. i'm always thinking repertoire that's a lot of things i do these days is just we have a vast library here Akron university sure. um so steve aaron did a great job of really building that you know so right. i inherited this thing you know so Excellent. i go through it i peruse that all the time i bring things home like oh this should be good for a freshman or a sophomore or whatever right. a junior recital you know very very cool and so so you you have obviously you have the um the applied study music major performance guys um yeah. you i'm assuming you do some sort of ensemble teaching as yeah. well yeah. okay guitar ensemble okay uh, and then this semester 
in the fall, there's also guitar pedagogy. Okay. Okay. Class on uh, how to teach. It, basically, I teach it like um, how to make a living. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. More of my, yeah. my, you know, my, my, my pedagogy classes always tended to be how to be a college professor, you know, and, and I, 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 when I, when I taught pedagogy myself, um, it was always as an independent study because I always just had one student at a time that was at that their yeah, stage sure. in there, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And it was basically like, you know, this this is what people on the ground do, you know, and you're, right. you're, you're going to work at music stores and you're going to work yeah. at community music schools and you're going to teach a lot of things that, you right. know, are not classical guitar and you need to you need yeah. to have some materials in place and you need to know how to teach people of different ages yeah. and all these kinds of things. Yeah. You know? uh, I think yeah. How, how to, you know. How to write a resume? Uh, right. how, well, there you go. Uh, yeah, um, and then like the gig book. Uh, yeah. How do you know? How do you get gigs? How do you get that person to call you? Right. You know, nothing like that. How to? Yeah, a network. Do you, do you own a tuxedo? Because you're going to need it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, you need all that stuff. So that's basically how I teach it, and I think it's really important that, uh, especially with guitar. Guitar is more than any other instrument, I think. You know, they come from a varied background. You know, right. not like they've been playing in bands since the fourth grade. Right. You know, so they come in and they're uh, often afraid of. Uh, you know, they want to break old habits and make new ones. I'm going. You know, you really want to keep that uniqueness of whatever you are now. You want to maintain that. You know, because that's who you are, and that's going to pay off some at some point down that's, the road. You know, that's that's really. I, I would argue that that's probably a unique pr approach, and you're, you're probably amongst a small handful of people that take that approach. And I think it's really yeah, that's I an think admirable it's, thing. You know, I think it's easier to to, to make new habits. Yeah, uh, not to break old habits. You know, some, right. have things can go on simultaneously. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, and and I think every every student brings something to the the table. You know, no matter what their background, they they have. They have resources that, that can yeah. be brought to bear on that experience for sure. Yeah, I have students who have like, you know, you know, played on late night television shows and stuff, wow. rock guitar and things like that. I'm going like, you know, just keep that in your back pocket. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. And do, so are you doing any other teaching? Do you do any private teaching in addition to your university teaching? Yeah, I have a, a private studio at my home. I'm in my office right now. Okay. Um, I do some... Uh, uh, just a little bit. I have just a few uh -huh. private students. I don't, to be honest, I don't really seek them out too much. Sure. Um, uh, but mostly the, you know, University of Akron, and then you know, one day a week at the College of Worcester. Right. Um, but you know, like I said, other projects show up before long. I'm busy with something, so when I have some free time, I really I cherish it, and I yeah. do other things, or I prepare for something. Like lately, I've been totally into like the. Uh, Leo Brower Sonata uh -huh. that he wrote for um, Julian Breen. Uh -huh. uh, I've practiced that every day. Like my new piece, I, I really uh, studied this piece, but I've never performed it. And right. I will perform it at some point. But so that's my future. At some point, I'm going to okay. perform this piece. That's very you know? cool. Yeah. And and like one of the, one of the challenges that I I've also found, you know, being being busy and working is. Uh, you know, finding time to practice, right? Yeah. Like, do you, how do you, how do you approach that in, in your own work? Yeah. Or do you have de like dedicated time? Dedicated time. 
Yeah. Every morning without fail. Uh, I get up like, like this morning, I was up at five 30 this morning. Right. And, um, that is the only time I really have to myself. It seems right. like, and plus I just love it. I, I get up in the morning, I make a pot of coffee yeah. and I just start playing guitar yeah. and I practice for at least, you know, two to three hours every morning. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a concert. I'm ready. I have a full concert program ready to go right now. Fantastic. You are, you're, yeah. you're, we're, when the pandemic is over, you're, you're, you're yeah. positioned to go. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause I watching your uh, show just the other day, um, you were saying how uh, you came across some pieces that you've always wanted to play, but were overplayed at the time, yeah. you know, but as you finally, you know, you're just getting down to playing them. I, I went through the same thing. I just learned, um, like in that video on my YouTube channel, I just played the concert. Uh, I played, uh, a, a, a Capriccio Arabe. Oh, yeah. I've never played that. Never played it. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to learn this piece. It's funny because I actually, that there are two pieces, that one and the uh, the first Villalobos prelude. I never yeah. learned them. I, 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 well, I mean, I, I never worked on them. I learned them from teaching them. Sure. And, That's right. Exactly. And I can, yeah. I can play, I mean, uh, I can play them both from memory now, but let's say I've yeah. never practiced them. It's like just from teaching <laughs> them to so many people, you know, over so right. many years. It's such a strange experience. Like, and people, have you ever played Capriccio Arby? No, but I, I can yeah. play it from memory. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's interesting, you know, so I just, yeah. you know, I did that live stream concert and I, so I played that piece and it was my yeah. first performance ever on it. That next one. It's, uh, it's, it's, I, it's challenging and there, you know, when I was, when I first started teaching, um, it was interesting because like I had this mentality of if I don't have an hour, you know, I might as well not even pick the instrument up. Right. You know, if I, mm -hmm. if I don't have an hour of un, uninterrupted time, I'm why bother, you know? And as a result, I went for a really long time without practicing and I was, you know, like I was not happy with the way I was playing. And so it, at that time, I kind of got into this mentality of, you know, if I think of picking the instrument up, I'm going to pick it up, even if it's just five, sure. 10 minutes, 15 minutes here, exactly. you know, and I, and I found that I had, I had the ability to do a whole lot of work in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Sure. You yeah. know, if, if that's all I had and, and my, my practicing got super efficient and, you know, and, and I still kind of practice that way now. Like if, if, even if I, even if I do have a couple hours that I plan on practicing, I still, you know, I'll, I'll do 15 or 20 minutes. I'll go and do something else. I'll come back to it, do it yeah. for 15, 20 minutes. And it keeps me really fresh. And, and, uh, but it's, 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 it's interesting how that, that goes. And, and I always think about all the people who told me when I was in school, you better practice now because you're not going to have the time to do it once you get out of school, you know? And yeah, right. <laughs> for some reason I believed them, you know, and, and it's, and it's, yeah. I think that's part of it too. And I used to tell my students that it's like, man, you, you got, you have four years to get this done. You know, and if you if, if don't waste a minute that you could spend in the, in the practice room, you know, if you really care about your playing, you know, you could you use it all because you're going to be yeah. so busy when you get out. You're not going to yeah. doing it right. You're going to be so busy when you get you're out. You're going to be so busy. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I'm a firm believer in short the short breaks. You know, you need to step away and uh, even if you just lay down on the floor for, right. for a second, <laughs> you know, feel that blood brush back to your brain yeah, absolutely <laughs> well, uh, I, you know i i think my attention span is that of you know like a the four-year-old child so you know like i it's no 
it's no use for me to sit there for, for very long anyway without taking yeah, a drink. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. do any good. Yeah. <laughs> I practice, I'm pretty intense when I practice. I'm very focused, uh, but only for a period of time. And then I have to walk step away, you know. Sure. I think that can be really effective. I think it's, you know, I, I always, one of the things I always tell my students is, you know, don't just sit there mindlessly going over the same stuff for an hour. Like the, yeah. maybe the first 15 or 20 minutes of that is good. And the rest of it, you're just, you're checking out and you're not yeah, paying attention totally. to it. And, um, so you just do that first 15 or 20 minutes and, you know, make it, make it the good stuff, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, Jim, it's been a pleasure. I, I, I think, I think, I think we can wrap it up. Um, yeah, it's been great reconnecting. Absolutely, yeah. man. And and I, I am. I'm gonna. I'll put have it on to have calendar. you up uh, to Akron. We'll bring you up to Akron one of these days. To I would love do, that. I would do your thing. Absolutely love that. Um, yeah. And uh, and I think I think I'm gonna put it on my calendar right now, August 21st. I need I need to go. I yeah. need to go experience yeah. the Porch Rocker Festival. Yeah, that's, that's, All right. that's very cool. So. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be in touch. And if there's if there's anything else coming down the pike that that, that I should know about, please please let yeah, me know, and I'll I'll let you know when 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 this goes live, so you can share it with all your all your dedicated fan base and whatnot. Sounds awesome. Thousands of them. Wow, I'm I'm still working on dozens. <laughs> yeah, right, <no. laughs> yeah, that's great. So, but thank you very yeah, much well, for, for being here. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Great, great to see you. Great to talk to you again. And uh, yeah, keep me informed with what's up. Okay, best of luck. Take care. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. <laughs>